0: Hello everyone, hope you've all had a joyous festive break. On today's show, it is our privilege to be joined by Ben Janssen. Ben is an old friend of mine and is currently the marketing manager at X Bionic. In today's show, we reminisce about many things, but we cover some very, very interesting themes, ranging from digital sports marketing to growing your network, and we talk about some of his experiences as an international athlete. This is a good one, and enjoy the show. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on where you are in the world, as one of our millions of Rafchats listeners. Um, before we start on today's show, I'm going to have to give a few anecdotes, a few comments about today's guest. Um, so already this guest is trying to make me laugh and looking away from the camera. So that's already a good start. Um, this individual has seen me drunk, uh, more than anyone else in the world. Uh, it is also true that this individual has never, I mean, never been late for a meeting. Um, and also he's a significant shareholder of lint. I joke. Um, but on that note, Ben Johnson, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, I wish that was true about the lint, But the me- <laughs> the meetings, I-, I do try to be on time.
0: You don't try, you are always on time. So I had this all planned out. I had some really, really good questions that were really quite intellectual. But now we've actually started the show, I've decided that I have absolutely no intention of asking them. So um, I thought we'd do some reminiscing. So a, a little story, little anecdote for our, our listeners today. Um, ben has had the unique pleasure of living with me for uh, three years at undergrad. Um, Although technically it was two, he basically lived in when we were in halls. So, you know, it is what it is. And um, when we lived in our house together, it is a true fact that both myself and this fine gentleman used to have to take a separate car to our other housemates because Ben would like to be at class 45 minutes early. Um, It's probably also worth referencing the other people were normally at least 45 minutes late. So Ben, have you got any comments or sentiments on that?
1: I mean, I wouldn't disagree with being on time, but 45 minutes might be a tad exaggerated.
0: Okay, but 30 minutes early.
1: Yeah, they, we can agree on 30, yes. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, being on time is where it starts.
0: We just had some of the most wonderful experiences um, and a, a really, really great time. Underground. <laughs> Ben's just um, sort of giving me a very dodgy grin and um, sort of saying, Raph, stop talking nonsense. So on that note, Ben's a very, very serious person now. Um, far beyond our days of doing business in Thailand and business in the Canary Islands. and We've done business in many places, haven't we, Mr. Johnson? But uh, at the moment, you are working for a rather fine company, Ben. Do you want to talk a little bit about your role?
1: Sure. I'm employed by X-Technology Swiss R&D, as the name gives away, we're into innovation. Mm -hmm. Um, The companies you might know that are part of X-Technology Swiss R&D are X-Bionic, x Mm -hmm. and Apani. Uh, all sports apparel, very high-end luxury sort of feel to it. Um, born and raised right here in, in Switzerland, the brand, uh, but well-known internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, known for winning awards, sponsoring the Swiss ski team, helping them win the you know world number one championship title last year, just to throw that in there, <laughs> because you can't mention that enough. Um Yeah, I work as digital marketing manager for the company for uh, almost a year now, and can't say I've been happier anywhere else working. Um, It's fantastic to work in the sports industry. And despite the fact that Corona sort of derailed my first year working in the sports industry, it's still been an absolute pleasure to work for the company.
0: I think it's amazing. I mean, what, what this will be really interesting for a lot of our listeners because you, you've had such a laser focus on wanting to be a part of the, the sort of the sports business industry, um, and I think that you, you, above sort of everyone else that sort of had studied at undergrad sports marketing and management, you were only ever going to to work in the sports business industry. And it's just it's really great to see how you sort of managed to achieve that. On that note, because of going out into into the probably one of the hardest economic climates to to sort of perform, what are the top tips you'd be giving? Graduates, because I know now you are doing the recruitment side of things. What would you be saying to people that are trying to get into the sports business industry?
1: Go to lectures on time. <laughs> it would be the starting point. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I mean, it, it's tough out there right now. We get so many applications from people that are in reality overqualified for the jobs they're applying for. Mm-hmm. We get people with years of experience applying for jobs that I'm not going to say people out of university are going to get. But people with limited experience can get qualified Mm -hmm. for, because the job market is so difficult. I mean, it might have to do with the fact that we're quite a well-known brand, and that it's exciting to work in the sports industry. It might be amplified more than anywhere else. Mm
2: -hmm. But in
1: reality, the tips to actually get back to your questions: take the time to do the research, go go above and beyond what's expected, because there's so many applicants. It's, it's hard to stick out now. Make sure you, you understand what the USP is for the company, know who's founded it, why they founded it, and the sort of success story behind it. I mean, if you're going to apply for Nike, you're going to read Shoe Dog to get uh-huh. an idea of the brand. Whilst that doesn't exist for x yet, who knows what will happen. Make sure you, you know, go on the website, check out what they're all about, what the products are, what they can do for you, and what the philosophy is. And if you can get that into an application letter, that'll make you stick out. I mean, the CVs, yeah, they all look great and good because you'll have people applying from Oxford, from work like you did, for example. But that's one part of your application. Everything else Mm -hmm. matters too. If you can engage me with your email the application, I generally won't care too much where you've been at university, Mm -hmm. but you already show me that you care enough to take the time to do the research.
0: Well, I think that's the trick. I mean, I, I've had very similar experiences when get, getting, it's, it's, a, it's a parallel kind of experience, but guests on the podcast, I and mean, we've had some guests that have been on massive podcasts with sort of millions of follow uh, followings. I know I joke about how Rough Chats has millions. Uh, we, we've just broke 20K listens, which is actually, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. But, um, but to sort of reach out to these people, the ones that, And they do get back to you. and I'm often staggered because it is just a really well-crafted email where you've genuinely taken the time to do the research and actually engage with the brand. I I think another really interesting thing and a a different perspective, and I I don't know how many people do this, is have a look at the people that work within the company. And if it's quite a small company, look at the CEO and then see if that CEO's done any press appearances. So have they been on a podcast? Have they been on a show? Have they been interviewed? Um, What's their social media presence like? Because I think the more you can craft it to be bespoke to the person you're speaking to um, the the better value i mean if i was trying to get a job from ben ben yanson i'd be like ben i like frisbee now i'm joking i wouldn't actually do that um but but actually it might it might creep his interest if i and see if you have any it's little things like that but actually you'll be surprised how reaching out to people on a human level actually has a has a big impact. So I'm gonna quickly interject before we get to the next tip and just ask. Um, so you've also played sport at a very, very, very high standard uh, in, in sort of a, a couple of disciplines, but particularly in ultimate frisbee. So um, so you're a, I mean, you don't want to tell everyone about the sport because no one really cares. But um, <laughs> so I'm joking. Um, but no, seriously, I I bring this up as a really important note because Ben Janssen could throw a Frisbee sort of like around the wall and hit a window, um, which was which was a really fun activity at university. So Ben, tell us a little bit about your international sports
1: career. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I did play Ultimate Frisbee for quite a while. Um, I was fortunate enough to get into it thanks to my brother who who sort of, you know, had a teacher who was, a kid, was from Canada. I was like, hey, look, I do this sport um, and sort of started a team at the school, um, as it is, you don't kind of just... I made fun of my brother first. What's the word sports? That's what everyone does when they hear, oh, Ultimate Frisbee, because they don't really know what it is. Um, but then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a go. I'll join him, hang out with my brother. Uh, seems like a good bonding activity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was actually really fun. It's quite physically demanding sports in terms of running around and hand-eye coordination type thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then as I started enjoying it more, you start training for it, you start adjusting your gym time for it, you start going running more. Um, then I joined a local team here in, in, in Zurich. Um, sort of as, as the youngest person on the team by far. Um, and then you know, you have a tremendous amount of growth whenever you learn a new sport.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm um, lucky enough that Switzerland has a quite good development product program for for this very, very niche sport. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to go play a quite a big international junior tournament straight away by mm-hmm. not really being as good as I could or should be at my age group.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, yes, not a lot of people play it. That is, <laughs> it has to be said straight away. <laughs> but also I was in the age group. It's quite height dependent, of course. Mm-hmm. So if you're quite tall early on, you have a, a natural advantage. So I was fortunate enough to travel to a few international tournaments, play for the junior national team for a while. Whilst I don't really talk about it much, especially you don't. You I, actually
0: don't. You know you no, don't at all. Not,
1: I don't see it as as relevant. I mean, it's it's not like I get paid for it or anything. But it was it's quite a unique opportunity, to kind of meet a lot of people that have decided to go down this sort of alternative sports path. And whilst you know we. The sport doesn't get the glamour it as other niche sports do. You still sort of end up in the same situation where you're playing a sport that you love and care about.
0: I think it's a brilliant sport. I mean, I I, I joke about it and I always take the mickey out of you because you know that's kind of what 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 friends are for. But um, but in reality, it's it's and I, I think people miss out because they don't participate in some of the more niche sports you you miss out on the opportunity to actually do more things. I mean like I'm really fortunate that I played football at a relatively high standard, got to travel all around the country and all of this, but you have to be like legit really 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 good and football's such a saturated industry that actually you just have to be quite lucky even to get the breaks that I got to play at a very okay standard. Whereas more niche sports, I think the sense of community, the sense of I'm not going to call it amateurism, but there's there's something really raw and really um, sort of social about those more niche sports, and actually, I find that when you do sport in a more amateur way—I I don't mean amateur in the sense of quality—I mean amateur in the sense of a less professional sport. um Actually, you get you get loads more enjoyment out of it, which which I find really interesting.
1: I agreed. I mean, that wasn't really a question, so I'm just going to leave that <laughs> as a statement. Um, but I think there there is more to it because you do it for passion. You don't do it mm-hmm. for a financial aspect or. Uh, career aspect that you know I'm going to train hard like you study hard you do it because you love it and I think that's a whole different sense to a game not to take away from professional sports but I think if there are enough examples out there in professional sports where you start really doing things for financial aspect rather than you still love the game for the game
0: completely I mean I I, as you as you know better than anyone I, I really fell out of love with football um, as much as I did sort of parade around saying who I played for and all of these things. Um, but in reality, my my love for the game as money came in, even though it was only a, a small amount, you, it's it's really interesting how that does kind of, I mean, for me anyway, it totally put me off the sport. Um, and at the moment, my, although it's not really COVID appropriate, so I'm not really participating, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu, although yes, there is obviously professional angles to it, it's still a very, very, uh, amateur community-based sport. And I and I, I love it. I, I've absolutely fallen in love with it. And it's helped me sort of reconnect back with sport, which I think is really important because before I was a little bit lost. I, I don't like watching football. VAR ruined it for me. Um, worst thing ever, absolutely ruined the sport. Unless you were going to have Germans running VAR, it's going to be rubbish. Um because it's just useless. Absolutely useless. I know you're probably a fan of VAR because you're boring. Um, but I hate it. I absolutely detest it. I think it's the thing I should be most politically active about. VAR ruined perfection.
1: I think VR has a lot of potential because I like to see the positive in things. Yes, I have changed this university. <laughs> um I think I think the current application has still a lot of flaws in it. And it's Yes, you're right, it's taken away from the enjoyment of the game. You, you think your team has scored, you want to celebrate, but you know you can't. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it might be you know a fraction of a hair offside and it will be given offside. And it, mm-hmm. it does take away from the, the, the raw sensation of it. But I think once you have fans back in the stadium, some of that atmosphere will come back again. Now bringing it back to COVID, I guess. Um because now it's it's sort of, you know, you wait, there's no eruption of emotion. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have it in front of your TV at home, but it's not the same thing. So we're
0: in early December. Um what is it looking like in Switzerland with regards to um restrictions and particularly the sort of reintegration of, of live sport? Are there any timelines on that or is it still very very vaccine dependent?
1: Um I mean the situation in Switzerland's a bit unique and it's getting a bit of criticism internationally from, from its neighboring countries because the case numbers look quite high if you look mm-hmm. at it per capita but the rules are quite relaxed considering those numbers so while there's no live events the leagues are still underway, you've got ice hockey, you've got football um, there's no fans at the moment so it's it's hard to say but as long as the numbers are as high as they are there's no chance of Going back to to enjoying it as it should be, because ice hockey being an example, um, you know, teams are, are ending up in, in second and third COVID um, restrictions of not being able to play at the moment, mm-hmm. and that you know derails the whole season by by weeks, and it's questionable if they even can finish this year. So the timeline not really existent because it's so uncertain what will happen especially now with the ski seasons here, we'll see how things develop. The Swiss are very clear that they want to have a ski season mm-hmm. and continue everything. And th- this weekend, there is the first World Cup in skiing in Switzerland again, but without audience, which is a shame, because especially from a business perspective for us, um, we would have loved to have been there for mm-hmm. the products, because the Swiss ski team does wear the products while they ski. It's a great business opportunity that's being missed out on. So I think, yes, from a personal level, I'd love to go see sports, but also from an economic perspective, it's something we need to get back to sooner rather than later.
0: Oh, God, yeah. What, what, on the note of the ski season, what are the countries sort of neighbouring Switzerland doing with regards to COVID restriction and getting back
1: on the slopes? I don't want to point any fingers, but if you look a bit south um, from here, Italy, <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> um, they they've just floated the idea of closing down their ski resorts,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which from a COVID perspective is probably the right thing to do, but from an economic perspective and passionate skier perspective is questionable decision, but in hindsight will probably be the right decision if you can mm-hmm. get down the, the numbers.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the interesting thing with skiing is obviously, and and people forget this, that being outside, you're very, very unlikely to contract COVID, but it's the kind of after skiing activities that I think... It's the gondola. um,
1: Really? Gondola and lunch, man. That's that's where it's going to happen. I mean, the gondola mostly because that's where you end up being in the queue.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I didn't really think about that, but I would have still thought by being outside, you'd mitigate a, a, a lot of it. I, I would assume though that like, because obviously people being chalets or in hotels and everyone's quite cramped and it's quite, the insides are very warm. And as anyone knows, being going to a skiing resort, you walk into those hotels and they are, they are generally quite rammed. I know obviously for you, it's different because if, if you have your own palace, it's, it's relatively COVID safe. Um, but, but you know, for the rest of us mere mortals, um, I, I can imagine that the resorts, not the skiing, but ancillary activities would probably lead to some quite some quite sort of COVID, COVID issues.
1: Potential is there, yes. Let's leave it at that. It's not turn people away from skiing because it's still absolutely fantastic.
0: If <laughs> you want your money. Yeah,
1: I no, mean, it's not about the money. It's about, yeah, I mean, yes, it's about the money. But, but also,
0: yeah, but I mean, the thing is as well, I mean, Switzerland, I mean, uh, just for a bit of context for our listeners, Ben often on a Saturday will just send me a photo and it's just like a postcard every, every weekend you go walking and the views in Switzerland, are just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what's, what sort of, what, what hikes have you got planned over the next few months? Anything particularly impressive or just, you know, just the amateur stuff?
1: Nothing. I mean, now the ski and uh, snowing, I mean, it's looking like skiing and sledding, but COVID restrictions still sort of heavy. Questioning getting on the train to go to the next hike.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense.
1: Let's see how what you know what's around the corner for um, the next few weeks. Maybe this weekend hit the ski slopes, but still too early to tell. Despite it being Thursday evening, and you know, <laughs> uh, it's work, work, work at the moment. I don't have anything planned per se.
0: What a man you are, what a man you are. So on a on a slight tangent, but it's still a very interesting note. And I and I will get your lovely partner on the podcast at some point. But she is doing some of the most wonderful work with a clothing brand. I don't, I don't I don't want to spoil it for when I, I get her on the podcast, but um, she's doing some really interesting stuff with sort of bespoke masks. How's that going?
1: I mean, for her it's been sort of a lucky break to get the brand out there. Uh, mm-hmm. she 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 has her own fashion label. Mm-hmm. um she comes from from malta lovely holiday destination for all of you that haven't been yet um <laughs> no
0: th- this 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 podcast only supports the canary islands do uh, not go uh, to malta canary islands we need okay. your money more jansen can fund the um the the, the malta that's sure. fine. Okay. But yeah, the more <laughs> fine
1: but anyway um okay. i'm gonna get taken uh, down for
0: uh, offensive, uh, offensive uh,
1: comment um she has her own fashion label and she's she started with organic cotton t-shirts which was selling really well, so she decided to expand the business, add a, a stationery, and things were really going well until sort of COVID derailed the original plan. As I think the case was for any business everywhere at the moment. But you know, being being fantastic with coming up to solutions rather than just looking at problems, she said, "I'm going to make masks and make them in her own unique way with." The typical Maltese pattern that she's used for t-shirts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she uses traditional Maltese tiles, floor tiles,
2: mm-hmm. as
1: her inspiration, and then designs her own patterns to put on the t-shirts and masks. Um, and she, you know, she made adjustable ear straps on them and sourced them and everything, and sells them for, you know, very reasonable price despite the high quality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and you know, there's whenever she. Gets the next batch, she puts it on pre-sale, and they're gone within like two weeks. So it's it's keeping up with the with the demand, which is fantastic for any business right now. So I think it's been really great for her to see, hey, look, this business is something that can really take off, and it's something that I think anybody doing their own business needs to just experience and know that yes, times are tough right now, but there is you know light at the end of the tunnel and success stories like hers really make you believe in the economy again
0: oh god yeah i mean i i couldn't believe it when you were saying sort of how 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 well she was doing it's brilliant i mean and i think that that is just credit to being sort of agile in the space and 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 being really quite innovative um but no so and jansen just for our listeners what's the name of the website
1: maduma.com.mt
0: Beautiful. I was going to try and pronounce it myself, but I actually don't know how to. So I thought that's why I would outsource it over to Switzerland.
1: Of course. No, but I do recommend checking it out. It, uh, Raf's taking some great photos as well lately after he received the product
0: excellent i have to say the quality and i'm a real snob with quality of t-shirts because you know like when you wear a cheap t-shirt it's just ugh, horrible 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 but these are absolutely lovely they're they've got a really good fit i mean ben always loves to buy me mediums even though i'm excel now i'm joking um but no they're they're they it's perfect they're they're really lovely so make sure you check it out i mean the only issue you're going to find is that they won't be in stock um well, so
1: that's i'm saying we despite it not being my business but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I try to help where I can, but in reality, it's all her. <laughs> 99.9% is her. I'll take 0.01% of credit. Um, she still has t-shirts in stock, so do go check them out. Um, masks are always short to supply, but for everything Christmas-related, there's some new fun stuff coming, too. So it's, it's really exciting to to have her you know, work on this project and succeed. I think it's amazing. Really show, I, I... showcase her design skills on it.
0: Well that's the beauty that being a sort of a very high high level graphic designer and um, sort of using that as part of the skill to sort of develop a really really quite beautiful product. So um, so we'll link that in the description make sure you go check it out as Ben takes a swig of his fine is it is it Swiss is it Swiss or is it German beer?
1: It's very very Swiss. It's about you know half an hour jog in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could literally go pick it up half an hour from here. Locally brewed locally sold um keeping that co2 emissions low <laughs> which i'm sure during covid everyone has been doing so what's the name of the brand uh Villa premium blonde
0: very premium brand. yeah that's it that's just going to cost you 25 pounds per pint
1: not not quite but swiss prices <laughs> do <to> apply <laughs>
0: That's brilliant. So, Ben, that's been absolutely wonderful. And the last little bit of insights I want to get from you is tell me about the direction that you see the sports business landscape going. Um and, and that's a very broad question, particularly the apparel side of things, because I just think every company that has an apparel arm is just struggling. So it's really interesting to see that you guys are doing some really innovative stuff. And and briefly, if you can, mention your partnership with Puma, because that's quite an exciting project.
1: Well, forecasting anything right now is is quite difficult but i do know what we have planned over the next few months and i wouldn't be surprised if we you know become the next number one in sports apparel no obviously <laughs> inside, that's not in reality going to happen overnight but we're i'm really happy to see the things that we're doing as expionic and really see a lot of potential in it mm-hmm. um i think everybody that has brick and mortar stores is struggling at the moment
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're quite we're quite focused on on b2c sort of e-com side of things but we have a lot of big b2b business that we sell through other online retail shops as well as brick and mortar shops but more shops like intersports that have a a variety of different products they offer not a single company that holds you know the bill for the building Mm So I think anybody who has brick and mortar will struggle a little bit at the moment, but the excuse me, the tough part will be making sure that everybody's ecom is up up to speed, which I think will drive a lot of digital push for these companies. Whilst we've seen that over the last years happening, anyways, I think it's it's going to be key over the next year, anyways, unless oh, the vaccine changes the whole landscape again. Which fingers crossed, we go back to. Reality and life sports and all the good things. But with x the great thing is it's always something new and exciting happening Mm because it's all about innovation, research, development, and perfecting existing products as well as creating new things.
0: Most definitely. So, we will, we will 100% keep an eye on all of the stuff coming out of X Bionic in the next 12 months. So, Mr. Jansen, thank you very much for your time. Last little bit before we finish, is there any quotes, any life mottos that you live by, or any words of positivity for our millions of Rapchats listeners?
1: Be on time. That's literally, I mean, yes, I've said that about three times already, but that's where it starts. If you're going to be on time, you have time to prepare, you can start. Collecting your thoughts and be ready for whatever you're early for is going to happen. Do that and you'll be all right. I mean, I know COVID is making life difficult, but we'll get through this.
0: Powerful words. Be on time. We'll get through this. Mr. Jansen, it's a pleasure as always. I look forward to catching up soon, hopefully in person, um, as I commandeer your sofa in the not-too-distant future.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me and thank you everybody that's listening.
0: You're a diamond. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye.